What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Come At Me, Bro. This is episode 33. I am one of your hosts, Joey, joined alongside Drew. Natty Bo. And Tyler. The walruses are coming. Uh, the ice has melted, and so they're all coming to land, so watch <laughs> out, Alaska. Seriously. Is that a new uh, NFL team is... on the horizon, the walruses? That's it's called the Seattle, Seattle walruses. <laughs> yeah, it's the Seattle <laughs> hockey team. They're coming to Seattle. <laughs> Um, they actually are coming to land early because all the ice has melted in Alaska due to this thing called climate change. I don't know if you guys have heard about it. A little bit here and there. <laughs> no, the myth was global warming. Oh. The reality is climate change. Thank you, Mr. Uh, Fabian. Best teacher science. ever. <laughs> yep. Best. Yeah. The, did you guys know I got teacher of the year? Do you know that? Yes. I was very excited for you, and I, I saw some of the pictures. Yeah. Your wife so. is very proud of you. She is. She she still can't believe it. She doesn't know how I got elected that or even why. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, it's been a hot summer. I don't know how. It's been pretty hot in Virginia. How hot has it been in Charlotte? Um, melting hot. Like near 100 degrees uh, heat index every day. Humidity in the like 80%. It's, it's terrible. So you guys have no air conditioning. Oh, we have plenty of air conditioning. Thank goodness. Uh, I, otherwise, I probably would have died already. <laughs> um, so we had the Hall of Fame, right? And uh, the Hall of Fame is is interesting. We have, di- I mean, there's different. Ty- what what is your favorite Hall of Fame? I know that's what we're going to talk about today. But what do you guys think your favorite Hall of Fame is? Is the NFL, MLB, NHL? Like, what do you mean? Like, the building, the way it's set up, the game itself? Like, uh, what are you looking for? I guess I'm looking for what are you most familiar – what do you look for in a Hall of Fame? Like, let me give you an example. Like, the MLB, they have not allowed any players who have doped, as far as I know, into the Hall of Fame. And they've had years where no player has been to the Hall of Fame. Like, they, they didn't elect anyone. The writers didn't pick anyone. Am I, am I correct? Maybe. Um, where I feel like the NFL, if you wait long enough, you'll get in. You know, you, you get your top five in receiving, you're, you're here and there, you make some big stink, um, you know, you're creative with your, like Ocho Cinco will probably get in the Hall of Fame if he's not already in there because he was a trendsetter with, you know, celebrations, et cetera. Um, NFL lets anybody in. MLB is a little more strict. NBA, not too familiar with the NBA. Um, but I think the Hall of Fame is pretty good. I, I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys? What are your? What are your? Does e gaming, the esports, have a Hall of Fame yet? Would they? Would they ever have a Hall of Fame? I don't know. What do you guys think? Just throwing ideas out there, randomly. I, I mean, it's interesting to me. Like, I feel like there's good points for each of them, but overall, I don't feel like the Hall of Fame is letting everyone in. Like, I'll agree, the NFL is a little bit more laxed here and there, it's like with PED policies for the Hall of Fame, or whether it be how many inductees they let in per class. But overall, I still feel like it's somewhat exclusive. Like, they're not just letting everyone in. Uh, they're letting everyone in. Hmm. <laughs> the NFL. They're, they're letting everyone in. That's a fact. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think just thinking about it and, and kind of the point of Hall of Fames, I mean, the baseball Hall of Fame kind of has a special place just because of the, the history that it was and growing up, baseball was um, still America's pastime and, you know, it's very glorified in, in movies. No, no one talks about the Hall of Fame in movies about football. No one really talks about the NFL 
in in movies about football it's definitely like baseball somehow has that monopoly as far as movies go but when i think about it and think about players and people getting honored for being amazing athletes and whatnot i kind of get drawn to the college football hall of fame uh college football is so big it's so broad you have you know so many different levels and so many different teams and the way our especially now the way everything is structured if you're not one of the top you know eight or ten teams you're not getting a whole lot of coverage and attention and there's players who do amazing things i mean you look at what you know i'm case keenum comes to mind or uh oh the kid from boise state who put up just some ridiculous numbers when they were in college and i know the competition that they were up against wasn't the best but they did some amazing things and and the college football hall of fame is the place where some of those guys that's the only attention they ever really get that's that's where they get immortalized they're not going to go to the nfl and then become this this immortalized figure. Or if you play in Division Three, uh, you know, in a school of, of two thousand people playing other schools of two thousand people, and you do amazing things, you're probably still not going to be an NFL player. And so the College Football Hall of Fame is a great place to recognize these these people who are pretty fantastic athletes and who do really really cool things, and they get to live forever outside of whatever small college or town that they came from or whatever team and school it is they came from. There's a place for all these people where, where Peyton Manning gets put on uh, on the same level of pedestal as that that quarterback from from Division three you know Wisconsin Lake College junior you know it's 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 cool to see these these different views and different different athletes get to all be celebrated in a, in a way that's not going to happen for them anywhere else I've never heard of the college football Hall of Fame I only have because Peyton Manning got into it fairly recently. <laughs> what do you guys think of the Hall of Fame game? Do you think other teams could have one? Like, football's the only one, am I right? Uh, I honestly don't pay that much attention to the Hall of Fame, to be completely honest. Well, so do you think it's even... Do you even think it's worth it? I don't I don't even think of it as... Like, I don't, I don't connect the two. Like, I know it's the Hall of Fame game, and they play it in Canton... And it's to celebrate those guys getting enshrined. But in my mind, there's really no connection between they're playing this game because the Hall of Fame is about to happen. It, it's just, to me, it's the start of the preseason. And then the Hall of Fame induction is just a completely separate event. They're not they're not connected in my head. So I don't... I think they could drop the name and just have that be the first preseason game for whatever reason and no one would notice a difference. Okay. Would it be cool to see... Hall of Fame players playing against each other in any sport? I would like no. <laughs> are, you, are you kidding me? You know how many hips would be thrown out in that game? Doesn't does baseball do that? Somebody does a like uh, some sort of of game where past players kind of get together and make like an old timers game. I'm pretty sure I thought baseball did that. Somebody does an old timers game. And, and it's always fun. And I think that would be cool to do. I mean, golf definitely does, but I don't know. Well, with the new trend, I mean, you, you know what they could do is instead of a Hall of Fame game, they could just play each other like on Madden or FIFA <laughs> or MLB or NBA 2K. and That might end themselves. up even worse. That would be pretty bad. <laughs> That'd be um, painful. Yeah, no one would watch that. <laughs> or they would watch it for five minutes to laugh, and then it would get sad, and then they would turn it off. And I know we're, we're venturing off a little bit, but speaking <laughs> of old people, what do you think of the new Olympics? New Olympic sports, I should say. Do you, have you guys heard of the new Olympic sports that are coming up? I need you to remind me. I, I remember seeing a couple of them, but I honestly don't remember what they are. Joey, do you know any of them? It's what? Competitive walking and all that? 
No, gosh, man, you would compete in that and win, but you're not. Um, is that the one you're talking about, or was that last? No, no, no. no. I'm talking about like the. No, I'm is not it, talking is it about breakdancing. Uh, that one's potential. I don't think that one's definitely on there, but they are a strong. They're trying to get support for it. Okay. That's in the works. Um, but right now it's. Uh, well, I want you guys to guess. Can, I mean, Drew, that's pretty good breakdancing. Breakdancing. That's not one of them. <laughs> I'm, I'm, oh my gosh! All right. Yeah, I, I can't uh, remember but, what is or isn't one. Like I don't remember if skateboarding is currently one or if it's going to be. It's it's going to be one 2020. So Tokyo will have skateboarding. Okay, that's new. Yep. And then there's surfing. Okay. Oh, interesting. Um, and I forgot the other one. I think there's one more. Oh, baseball and softball. Oh yeah, they're getting out of oh, there. Yeah, they're but back. They're, yeah. Wait, the walking didn't get it through. I don't know. Look that up. I have no idea. I think that one made the first ballot. I can't right. remember. I don't think it went through though. Twenty Tokyo Olympics baseball, softball. We've got Is karate. Walking. Um, we've got skateboarding. We've got sport climbing. Um, it's a discipline within rock climbing, so it's not quite the same as regular rock climbing. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah rock climbing. That's right. Leaf I forgot climbing about that one. That speed pretty climbing cool. are the three techniques in that, and then surfing. Those are the ones that have been added for at least for Tokyo. Oh, race walking. Yeah, that's been here so funny to watch because it's like it's like being at the mall with a bunch of old people. You know, they're all they're all pumping their arms <laughs> for these really short little steps, and I don't know. It's hard to do yeah. though. Like, have you? No, I've done it. Like, it's, and it's goofy, and it, I don't see why it even exists though as a sport. No, yeah, it's yeah. Because <laughs> every time I see it, all I think about is when I was in college. In our, we had our phys ed department. And you could take like basketball or or, or uh, you know uh, bowling or any of those classes. And one of the classes was walking, which is fine. It's good exercise, but they offered it as an online class. And that was one of those things that just never made sense to me. Like, you got oh your notebook, gosh. and you're supposed to log how long you <laughs> oh walked every gosh. day or, like, every, three days a week oh, or whatever. No. And you're supposed to, to log that, and then you turn that in at the end of the year, and that was your class. And I was like, you can just buy the book and fill it out and never do anything. Why, why, is, this a why is this an online class? Wow. Like, if it was at, least, at least the one on campus, you were required to show up <laughs> and to walk around the track. So they had to at least see you there walking. <laughs> okay what's worse than i mean the that is that is the worst yeah. olympic sport they have i mean that one never gets on tv, oh, I've seen it on TV. i can guarantee you that one um i've never seen it on tv oh, like right, on the, no. it's never gonna be like on the right, prime not, time the NBC next show. michael no, phelps isn't gonna be yeah. the american olympic speedwalker yeah no yeah uh unless there's some story behind it but yeah, that's never going to happen. And then the second thing is, when will e-gaming be an Olympic sport? Uh, E-sports? E-gaming. Yeah, that not, one's going to be interesting. That, I'm not saying those words. I don't believe in e, that e-nonsense. I, I think e-sports should say, screw the Olympic Committee, personally. I think they wow. do their own thing. I, I think it, would blend, it wouldn't fit to blend the two together. And I've talked with some like really high-ranking Olympic officials about this stuff, and I just feel like it doesn't make sense to put the two together. They're so vastly different. 
esports is becoming such a huge thing, and now you have it at the Pan Asian Games, you have it at all everything else but the level of the Olympics. I think if they go to the Olympic level, they just say, hey, we're done with this. We're doing our own thing completely. I don't want the IOC overlooking esports. They're messy enough as is. Well, I, I really don't want them I, I touching think... esports. Really? Wow. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, Drew. Is there is there some type of are you afraid of cheating scandals or things that don't want to be looked upon badly on esports, like maybe Adderall or never sleeping or trigger buttons or illegal illegal controllers are you afraid of that no i mean all of that is already regulated i'm sure i'm i'm no way they're not drug tested so certain leagues will do different things so it's all by game but so there is some adderall things here and there but as far as cheating there that's all checked over the league officials run their own setups so you bring a controller and a mouse but all that stuff is checked for different things like that yeah, and so are the deflated balls. I mean, those are checked it, too, and look what happened there. It's um, very, very different. different Anyways, very, very different. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Sorry, Drew. No, no, I, I just want, I wanted I to make say, that I point just across. Don't feel like Go ahead. Esports are at the level like it doesn't make, like Joe said. Even I don't want to say it'll never make sense for them to be a uh, an Olympic sport because it's growing like crazy right now, but it's still trying to figure itself out overall. You know, uh, looking at everything that's getting added right. to the Olympics in 2020 that we just talked about, those are all things that have been around for a long time, and they know who they are. They know how you're judged on on those things. They know how it works. There's there's a whole whole mess of of history and connections there. Where esports is still scattered in all these different leagues and different games, and like you were just saying, they're regulated differently, and some people test, some people don't. It's, it's all still this big, broad scene. There's no one particular game that you could really use as the measure for a country's esports prowess. You know, you could do League of Legends, or you could do NBA 2K, and, and kind of get some, some measure of it. But none of those games, I feel like, have a big enough demographic to really represent the whole world on the Olympic level. And then, like I said, they're still just trying to figure themselves out. Oh, I would argue actually the opposite. I would say they're bigger than a lot of these sports are, to be honest. Like, the bigger titles have more worldwide representation than these smaller sports do. But for me, the big difference is you look at the Olympics, and then under the Olympic committee here, you have all these different sports. For me, it's the same thing on the esports side, but hmm. every title is a different so sport or game in this sense. That, to me, is why I think they need their own thing. Yeah, like, exactly, like... You can't just bring in all of these different titles and call it esports. They would be individual categories for each and every one, which makes much more sense to me to have their own thing. Hmm. Yeah, that would make sense. Because, uh, and that I, would, I guess if they the did, IOC that's ever. probably what they would have to do. Is it would have to become a subcommittee, like the IOC has their esports representative, who then is in charge of whatever games are chosen to be for the, that Olympics that year. But then you get into the politics of. Well, the person in charge of that is from this country, and they're really bad at this game. So they're going to take this game out for the next for the next one. Like, <laughs> like you know, America would never have League of Legends be in the Olympics because Amer- the North America is kind of terrible um, on a worldwide stage. Although that is changing, I will say that. But we're not an esports podcast. That's uh, something else that you're on. Um, but hey, no. listen. But are you are you an Olympic athlete if you are competing? As an e like I like that's what that's what is crazy to me, 
like, okay, competitive walking. You're an Olympian. Wow. Um, but <laughs> esports as an Olympian? Yeah, I'm an Olympic athlete. I don't know. I I've seen the way they train. I've seriously. seen their reflexes. They're more athletic than probably a lot of those Olympic speedwalkers are and some of the other athletes no as way. well. No way. You'd be surprised, Tyler. Like, they are adding so much to the routine of esports. Like, you're required to work out a certain amount each day. You're required to have healthy eating habits. Like, there's just so many things being added in to make it more mainstream at this point that it models a lot more of these sports than you think it would. But at the same point, like I said, it just does not line up with the Olympic model. You can have tons of international competition on even a bigger level, in a sense, for some of these titles than you can for sports. But at the same point, you just it, you can't have an, a, like an eSports chair just because there's so many titles that would fall under that. It's almost got to be its own Olympics or own whatever you want to call it. It's just it, it's too different to combine with the two. And the other thing is the history of it. Like you look at the Greek history behind the Olympics, a lot of these sports, some of them not as much, but a lot of them have been around for years upon years with eSports and e-gaming as Tyler calls it. <laughs> it just changes so much. Like a title not necessarily will be around for that long. Like now we're first starting to see our titles that have been around for a decade and still being competitive. It's still so new and so fresh. We don't know how long certain titles will last or certain games as many would call them. So I think a lot of it's weighing out like, can we make something that historic with something that changes so often? So until we really know how long certain games are going to last, it's hard to build them into an event, one would say. Well, it'll be the technological side. I mean, you can have a different, you could almost have a, a, a competition. Maybe you don't know what the sport is next year, but they could announce we're going to have, and I know they already have this, but the, you know, the world championships of Madden. And then the next year they have the world championships of FIFA and the world championships of League of Legends. Or, and that could be its own. It, you could have an Olympic e-game, Olympic e-games. Right. Yeah. I mean, you have world championships, you have world cups, they pull in tons and tons of viewers. I mean, it's honestly viewed more than most sporting events at this point, if you count Asia in the mix. So it's just, it's going to be interesting to see how everything develops and evolves, especially with technology moving at the rate it does. Like you can improve a helmet and tackle football, but the rate that a computer graphics card can be improved happens so much quicker than that helmet improvement. And it's just, it's hard to see titles keep up with that with all of the graphics continuing to go up and up and up while the way you throw a football is only going to change so much. So I, I just, I don't know the longevity of every single game at this point yet. So could they have, I mean, what would you call the Olympic? Like, I mean, Olympics, we you know, are, are date back to the Greeks and countries competing against each other, but could they have an Olympic e-games? I hate the term e-games. That <laughs> that's like nails on a chalkboard well, to me. Just because so do, many people do, have do you proven see what I'm saying? That, that, I mean, that, case, that would be an though, interesting I idea. It's, I still don't like how it sounds either, Joey, but it, it, you have the Olympic Games, so it makes sense to call the eSports Olympics the Olympic e-games. No, no, no one would refer to Ooh, League of Legends as an e-game, or if they do, you know, they, they need to be put out to pasture. But <laughs> Or like the virtual games. or something. I feel like there's so many more creative the games games. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> sponsored well, every, by Apple. Every old person thinks that everything <laughs> electronic is Apple anyway. So, <laughs> but it's not a sport. No, it's an e-sport. No, see, no, see, you put e in uh -huh. front of sport. It's not a sport. So, what if it's a if we're calling it a game? Does sport become s games? games? 
No. It's games. Games. There you go. The Buffalo Bills are playing some schemes this weekend. No, not the schemes. <laughs> no, you guys are no, it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, all right, so I know we've taken uh, at the Olympic level, but what do you think of the high school level? I know we've talked a little bit about college, um, and you know, teams are colleges are now giving scholarships to people playing League of Legends and Overwatch and Fortnite and whatever baloney games there are. Um, I mean, do you guys agree with high school? High schools encouraging teens to play these sports and make a, a Virginia high school league, um, the VHSL. Do you, do you think the VHSL and other states, uh, state high schools around the country should sponsor these types of matches and have, and have them competitive and be state champions of League of Legends? Yeah, I mean, if we're still talking esports, it's already happening. It's all going to kick off this year. They already have their titles selected. So many high schools have bought in. So many states are requiring it in a sense. And I think it's a great thing, in all honesty. I mean, a lot of it is going to hit different demographics than you're already hitting with your sports groups. You're going to add social aspects into certain kids' lives that they might not have. And I have friends that run eSport academies as well. And I think it makes so much sense to start kids younger at this. Get them into a positive environment. Teach them about exercise. Teach them about healthy eating so they're not just playing in their parents' basement. So they're coming out. They're interacting with others. They're understanding how teams work and team building and different things like that there are some kids you're never going to pull onto your track team but you might be able to pull them into a league of legends game or an overwatch game or a club that plays around that so i think it's really good i think it just hits more of the population in a positive aspect if done right they're going downhill i don't think i don't think technology is the answer i don't think getting people inside is the answer it's starting to be shown that People are spending way too much inside, twiddling their thumbs and looking at at at, um, at screens and not getting enough enough sunlight outside. It, it's just a fact. And so, yes, I think you can get people out of the house and into a school, but I think you need to get people outside in the fresh air, in uh, in nature itself, and and doing something with their life because. I can tell you right now, yes, you can you can build friendships inside, you can, you know, but you need to be outside, you need to be not in a screen 10 hours a day. And Oh, 100%. I think everyone agrees, and that is 100% the way sure. esports is going right now in America. I mean, when you look at NA and EU, that is exactly why we are making this move. Like, you look at high schools, and now you can introduce those healthy habits in early as opposed to that kid playing anyway. He doesn't give a crap what you say, Tyler. He's going to play anyway. So why not introduce him to different environments where you can add positive reinforcements in that some parents are not already giving them? This also gives parents a little bit more perspective. It gives coaches a way to impact these young players' lives. Like, it's such a positive move, and that's why this completely, going off of what you said, I think this is the right move for those exact reasons. I was gonna say they're, but they are. They're, like he said, they're Go getting ahead, those healthy eating habits, and and obviously it's not all they're going to do this because, like anywhere else, some people just suck, and they're not going to make good decisions for the kids that are under them. It doesn't matter what sport it is. Um, right. But good coaches are going to make their training like their physical training some of it be outside they're gonna they're gonna run laps they're gonna go hiking they're gonna they're gonna go swimming they're gonna do things outside as part of their physical fitness because like any other physical fitness program you have to change things up so just going into the into the gym and running around the basketball court isn't gonna be strenuous enough it's not gonna challenge their mentally enough either so so they're going to to introduce them to doing other activities to build their their muscles and their reflexes and their thoughts differently because you 
especially in esports where everything is so brain programmed, you want to be introducing those new neural pathways and doing different exercises and in different environments and in, and doing things that you've never done before is how you build those new neural neural networks and neural connections. So so good coaches are going to encourage these kids to go into different places and to go do different things. Right. And I can't speak for any team and I've done tons mm. and tons of research on all of this, but you look at European league of legends, for example, the 10 teams in that league, a lot of those teams play soccer on a weekly basis. So they'll do like inter squad soccer and they each have Academy teams as well with five players on them. So some of these teams are getting 10 to 12 players out there playing soccer, playing futsal, playing bubble soccer together. I mean, these are impact sports that don't impact your hands necessarily. So you can play all out without really injuring anything that affects your career at a high level. So there's so many different ways about it. But if you get into that positive team environment and you build it up as their younger players as well, you can break that habit early and start moving people into a positive way of life while still opening this income path up as well for careers. They need to get outside. I'm just telling you, you let that kid just play in his basement as opposed to giving him a coach to help him out. I think he has a lot higher chance of staying inside and being less social than he would being on a team. Well, I, it's not, yes, I think you can build good habits. I think you can put an incentive in front of someone to, to go and join a team, but I don't think e-games e is the answer for being in a high school. For being in high school, I mean, you're, you're, you are feeding into their their ego of like here here it is for the rest of your life. Go ahead, play behind a video game. That's it. Like with with certain sports, I feel like you you're gonna outgrow and you come to the fact like man, I'm just not as good. But with e games, you can play endlessly. Like you can play for hours on end. And now what's being put into these games, game, um, the people who create these games know exactly what triggers people's minds to stay and play for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And, hours. and then they get addicted. And so, yes, I'm talking about a little bit of an extreme case, but if we start continuing to feed that and feed that and feed that and feed that, I don't think that's going to be ending up being healthy habits. I think they're going to grow out of high school and say, well, I'm not good enough to play college, so I'm just going to play in my mom and dad's basement the entire rest of my life. I so, mean, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I yes, I'm, ta know. I'm taking it to an extreme example. But these, this is what, I mean, the goal for a person who makes this game, whatever it may be, is to get the person to play, continue to play and play and play and play. And that's what these mm -hmm. games, I feel like, are doing to certain if not to everyone, is you play long enough. I mean, I experienced that in college a little bit. Now, granted, I had, I had, I had never really played Call of Duty. I never played um, Halo, but I found myself playing for for hours on end to games I had never even played before, ever until I got to college. Until my my till the person I was playing on there, I was playing on their system because I didn't have my own system. They're like, all right, you need to get out now. Like, go leave, go go somewhere <laughs> else. <laughs> Wonder who that was. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, so, so I think. Yes, you you think they establish good habits, but then at the other end, these people who are making these games, are are not in it for the right reasons either. 
in my opinion. I mean, you can't just say that square out. I mean, there's thousands upon thousands of developers out there that all have different ways of going about things. Yeah, but the developers that make the most money are finding ways to keep people playing it. And if they keep people playing it, they're making the most money and saying, all right, this is working. Let's make more money. Let's look at the psychology of the human brain and figure out how we can continue to let them continue to play for the rest of their life and we can make millions. No, I mean, anyone that makes a product wants people to use their product 100%. I completely agree on that. And I don't think that product's healthy. No, I mean, I don't think anything is necessarily healthy to a degree. It's all about moderation of things. And I think that's more the point you're trying to get at anyway is moderation. I personally would argue that being in a team environment with the right people around you, you have a better chance of getting that moderation than being by yourself on a couch in a basement somewhere. That's my big point. I mean, I was a professional gamer at one point. I was offered contracts and everything. I turned them down at the time, but I had the offers on the table and I was playing just at my house over and over and over. Not really a team environment, just a team I created online. Looking at the infrastructure in today's day and age, the different surprise pools, the different opportunities for contracts, there is just so much more out there at this point, as well as a such a larger knowledge base around it. People know that certain aspects need to happen for players to play at the best of the ability. This whole healthy eating thing, this whole getting exercise and playing thing was never a talk when I was getting my contract written up. None of that stuff ever happened. Nowadays, it's almost like it's 100% in there. Not every org is doing it, but almost all of the major organizations at this point value exercise, value healthy eating, value strong team communication. A lot of them have psychology coaches now as well and strength coaches to continue building up not only their hand strength, but also their whole body. It's very much like a whole body landscape, a whole clean mental game type of thing as well. And uh, yes, sports does have a mental game to it. Don't get me wrong. But the mental aspect of esports, I think, is also very healthy. And there's hundreds of studies out there from people all the way up to Oxford University showing how strong the mental aspects of video games can help people in decision-making later in life, whether they become business executives or whether they go on to be more strategic or work with the military. There's just so many studies done that show the positivity of it. I agree. Everything can be bad if not done in moderation and not done appropriately. And yes, there's still going to be abusive high school coaches out there. There'll be people that don't necessarily give kids what they should have, like Drew was saying. At the same point, I think you will have positive coaches out there. I think the game gym in Potomac, Maryland is doing a great job as an academy system for esports just in our DMV area. So I, I think there's a lot of good things that can happen. But again, it's moderation. It's the people themselves. And it really is going to depend on the personnel in that sense as well. Do you regret not signing the contract? No, not at all. I mean, when I was looking at signing a contract, the prize pool was $10,000 to be split between the team, the organization, and the coach. Nowadays, what you had, what is he, 14, 15, 16 years old? Freaking Fortnite player just won $3 million. The prize pool difference is very, very big than it was 10 to 15 years ago. So if it was 50000 would you sign the contract? To be split seven, eight ways? No. If it was 100000 I mean, I probably would have considered it, but at this point, I feel like I'm in a better path than I would have been then. Nowadays, with the money, wait, in wait, it, I wait, think wait, it wait, becomes wait. a lot more you of just, a viable oh, hold on, hold on. You just said you're in a better path now, but kids who are getting these contracts, do you want them to sign them? Oh, 100%. If, yeah, if my son or daughter was here, 100%. It's just, you can't really, I would not leave not high school. Not knowing they're going to win, though. I mean, they could dedicate, I mean, and, and that's the same thing for- But see, that's the difference, Tyler. They get paid up front. We did not get paid up front at the time. At the time, there was no individual contracts. It was team contracts, and it was all based on prize pool winnings. 
Now you have kids making thirty-five to fifty-five thousand in a lot of these leagues with the upwards of two hundred some k. Like there is so much more money in it now, where you get contracts for the season as opposed to just tournament winnings. It makes it so much more worth it. Would you <laughs> so a six your your sixteen year old son, okay? So your sixteen year old son mm-hmm. has a chance to make thirty five thousand dollars, but he has to drop out of high school in order to compete with this team. Thirty five thousand, nah. Fifty thousand. Fifty. He has to drop out of high school. He's a sophomore in high school, fifteen sixteen year old. He has to drop out of high school to compete competitively. Fifty thousand dollars for a year. If it's a contract built with incentives, yeah, I think it would be worth it. Because the other thing, we haven't really broken into this. This became a very big esports podcast. Our this esports. Sports. Um, yeah. <laughs> this was not planned. Yeah, this was definitely not planned. Um, the other thing, Tyler, we haven't really got into is that tutors are available for these kids that end up moving in at that early of a rate. Uh, a lot of leagues don't allow players to move in unless they're 18 years old. Uh, some will drop down to 16, but typically 18 is the age range nowadays. Uh, with that being said, a lot of the leagues provide tutors and a lot of the team organizations provide tutors. So that, again, that was not a thing when I was looking at becoming a pro at the time. Now it is. So you can continue your education while playing as well. So there's just so many more coaches built into organizations and so many more positive living reinforcements. I don't know the word I'm looking for there. Um, But there's just so many better things built into the system. The system has really grown and aged a lot better than it was back in the day. Speaking of contracts... Drew, how's Zeke's contract? Has he has he decided to get out of Mexico and start getting training camp, or what is he doing with his life? Is he checking out all of Central yeah, he's America? He's probably trying to find what, somewhere what else to life? get in trouble with the law and then leave. Ugh, I'm I'm yeah. I'm glad that at least on the surface it looks like the Cowboys aren't like scrambling to give him everything that he wants because it would be stupid for them to do because it's entirely possible in a year that he's going to do something else dumb and never be able to play football again, like. He's a great player, and I'm under no illusions that the Cowboys can be the same team without him this year. Maybe not even next year. Uh, you know, they've got to find someone to replace him if that's what ends up happening. But I think they have enough talent that they can get by this year and not be horrible. Um, they have a couple good backs. They have a couple good young guys. Um, Kellen Moore is a great offensive-minded coach. He can he can come up with some creative things for them to do, and they have a good line. So I I don't know. I understand that he wants to get paid, and he probably also understands that he could get in trouble, and he doesn't know what's going to happen, and that's why he's looking for money. But the fact is, you got two years left on your rookie contract. Play out your contract. That's what rookies do. Or you do it with one year left on your contract, because that's when teams are looking to negotiate. Right now, all he's looking to do is screw over this team and his other teammates, because you got plenty of guys with one year left on their contracts uh, that aren't that he's taking attention from. Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, several of the guys on the line, several guys on defense, all of them needing new contracts because they have one year left. So they're either going to get it now or they're going to get it next offseason. And if they have to pay him now, they're really not going to be able to pay anyone next offseason. Whereas if he waits till next offseason, they can give him more money up front. Um, and they can they can still then get some of these guys. So he, he needs to get his act together and just get back here and get to work uh, instead of further alienating himself from Cowboys fans and from ownership in the league because right now I don't think anyone anyone respects him um I think he's just hurting his own image and I'm I'm frankly I'm sick of it and I'm a diehard fan so that's hard for me to say 
I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. He's doing it for himself. He could really care less about the team. At least that's the way he portrays himself here. He knows there's a good chance he's going to get in trouble. He's done it, what, three, four years in a row now, it feels like. And he continues to find his way back into trouble. This is him saying, hey, pay me up front in case anything happens. Now I have more of a backup plan. I don't think he realizes that they're not going to give him a contract without some kind of clause yeah, that, that, prohibiting that's, that. If, if they give him something, you better believe it's going to be absolutely just chock full of incentives and outs for them. Any any certain any level of like trouble that he gets into, there's going to be things that trigger in that contract anywhere from fines to lower pay to termination. Like that's that's all got to be in there, and I think they know that. And that's probably why they're not worried about it, is they can come up with a contract that looks like lots of money, but also says, you screw up, you get none of this, sorry. Um, and he's going to get that from anybody in the league. Um, that anyone that's going to sign him at this point, they're going to put things in to protect themselves because this is a league that's realizing that uh, when players do bad things, it looks bad on them. Uh, you can't escape that from the news cycle now. And for at least a couple seasons, it has big results on on your publicity that you get as a team and on the attention and it's never good and it always causes problems. So his base salary in 2016 was $450,000, but his signing bonus was uh-huh. 4 million. And I see a lot of teams like I look at Tom Brady. He had uh let me give you a couple signing bonuses he had in 2000 he had 38,500 as his first sign as his first team 2000 signed with New England Patriots only made 193,000. His signing bonus was then in 2002 was 3.5 million and then in 2005 he had a 10 million dollar signing bonus. And then uh 2006 4.5 million signing bonus, 2010 6 million signing bonus, 2011 10 million signing bonus. With Ezekiel Elliott, he had a 4 million, 4 million, 4 million signing bonus, 2016, 2017, 2018. Is he worth this? I mean, is he worth it? I mean, to me, that is just the issue of the off the field stuff. He's incredible on the field, but who knows how many freaking games he's going to play on the field if he's busy doing everything else off right. the field and getting in trouble. Well, and that's. That's the Drew, problem. Is he worth Probably it? not. And he's already getting paid. I mean,. Just his on-the-field value, he's probably not getting paid what he's worth right now. I will admit that. Next year, on the fifth year of his option, he's actually really going to be making closer to what he should make, $9 million. I mean, that's that's near top-tier running back money. Uh, it's certainly more than he's going to make in a few years from now um, with the number of touches that he gets. So, so I get why he wants to maximize his value. He has value when he is on the field. But just like you do in any business, you got to balance out those risk rewards of, you know, how much are we going to lose if we owe him $12 million next year against our cap and he does something dumb and is suspended for the year? Like, that's $12 billion of cap space that's not going to sign one of your other core players. So, I don't know. They've got to figure something out. And what I'm going to bet ends up happening as part of this year, and I'll go on the record for it right now, and we'll see if I end up being right, is they're going to find some way of taking some of his $9 million for next year and making it a signing bonus for this year with an eye on further extending him next year. I I think that's what they're going to do. They're going to try to offer him more money right now to tide him over until they can really wrap him up long-term next year. And I think that's going to be enough for him. He wants... 
I think he's looking at least just to see that they're willing to work with him. Um, because whatever agent he has has put this idea in his head that he's worth more than the Cowboys. And so if they just make it seem like that they're listening to him, then he's going to be fine. And he'll he'll come in and do his thing. He just wants to get fed. <laughs> if they... <laughs> If they give him a lucrative contract, he's going to go out there and get in trouble within the first week of signing it. I can almost guarantee it. He is the type of guy that would go out and party and get crazy, either blackout drunk or get a DUI or something the yep. same week that he signs that contract. That's why it's going to have to have about. stuff in it. Like, I love so, the guy in the field. He's incredible to watch. He has a runner sense like very few running backs in the league do. But the off-the-field issues, if players cannot get it together off the field, who knows how many times they'll actually be on the field within a season. I mean, think about the amount of money he's already made. Yeah, he's, he's already made almost $20 he's million. He's a first-round pick. Like, $20, $20 million. Right, that's, that's the other thing. This isn't – he's getting paid first-round money. He's not some guy who was drafted in the sixth round who is now playing at first-round level. This isn't that case. He needs to remember where he is and how he got there and, like, big picture where he falls into this hierarchy of the NFL and how guys are play, are paid. All right? Dak has been playing for peanuts as their starting quarterback, and he was just a fourth-round pick. It could have been even worse if he had fallen anymore. And he just shows up and he plays. Now, granted, he's not getting beat up like Zeke is, and I get that. But the fact is... You look at a guy like Dak, and he's got the exact attitude that you want. He helps them win games, and he makes other guys better. And he is just counting on, he knows that if the Cowboys don't pay him, someone else is going to pay him, and he'll be fine. And I don't know where I was going with that. I just, I'm I'm frustrated with, with Zeke, because this shouldn't even be a question this offseason. They should be signing guys who are due to go away next year. Uh, and not guys that are still two years out from their contract being up. It's ridiculous. Well, you know why Dallas is afraid to f- sign Zeke Tony to Romo. some big dollar deal, right? Oh, yeah. Not David Johnson. He's the number one back hitting people, uh, hitting the Arizona yep. Cardinals, taking up cap space. It's David Johnson. Then it's Todd Gurley. Anybody want to guess who number three is? LaShawn oh, McCoy. I didn't know How'd that. you not? Good job. Yes. Very good. I mean, it That's was a good guess. Point. It had to be the, the way Bills. his voice was going. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you want to guess who number four is? Le'Veon. He's also in the AFC East. No, it's the Patriots. Le'Veon Bell. Very oh, good. Told you. He's a, he's oh, a jet. Oh, that's right. He's still there. I forgot he's still a person. He's not that's still right. there. He just got there. <laughs> right, right, right. I, I forgot he was still, he still a person exists, over there. Yeah. So out of these out of these yeah. five out of these five running backs, their top five paid in the NFL, David Johnson, Todd Gurley, McCoy, Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, who are you taking in fantasy? Probably Le'Veon Bell, oh, just because I mean I know they have a good quarterback and, there, but he's a guy that even out of shape a little bit or out of out of the game for a year, I think is gonna eat up a lot of touches. So he's just gonna get you points. You know he's he's gonna play this year to shut some people up. So uh, I would I would get him just for the number of touches. Even if they lose every game, he's going to eat the ball up. 
Yeah, yeah I, don't like I, I think I'm with Drew on this one. I think Le'Veon Bell's the way to go. I, I mean, the Jets have a pretty decent offensive line. They're starting to pick it up offensively a bit. Le'Veon's going to get his touches. He winds if he doesn't, so I think that's the way to go. At the same point, I think I might be looking for a wide receiver first this year. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of running backs. I'm not a fan of running backs. And, yes, it's a throwing league, but I'm looking at the top paid running backs. And, I mean, a lot of people are not he's, – he's not even on here, but Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt may have a, a stellar year. Um, a guy who's going to have a sophomore Probably. slump is Saquon Barkley. Uh, I would sleep a little bit on Hunt. You still have Chubb over there. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I forgot about and Chubb. Duke Johnson but, is still there. But somehow. I don't know why. He's probably sitting I mean, he on the bench. probably warming the bench. That's what he does. He's a big boy. They Duke like Johnson? Goal no, he's, he's their pass back. Oh, you're right. You're He's right. A Don't they use him probably. at the goal line they too, though? Duke Johnson. There. It works. I think it's I probably think because they, they can. The goal line. Because I think it's because they can also move him out year. wide. That's why they do him at the goal line. It opens up a bunch of stuff for him. Mm. But yeah, he's their pass back. But he since there's two backs that can be big guy, lead guys, he wants out. But he's still there. Man, we've been all over the place today. All over the place. Speaking of, let's wrap it up. We're almost at 45 minutes here. Thank you again, guys, for listening to another episode of Come At Me, Bro. This one got a bit more esporty. If you like esports, check out the Level Up podcast as well. If you're in D.C., Game on D.C., both are picking up in numbers, and it'd be great to have you over there as well. You can also find us on Twitter at CAMB Podcast or shoot us an email, CAMB Podcast at otnmedia.org. Last but not least, if you want to support the show and everything we do here at OTN, patreon.com forward slash OTN. Thanks again for listening, guys, and have a great week. This podcast is part of the Overtime Network. Get more at OvertimeNetwork.com.